Welcome, bienvenue to the Fantasy Tools Podcast. This is a show where fantasy tools discuss fantasy tools. I'm your host, Eric Rentz, and I'm joined by my co-host, Michael Peterson. Our mission is to discuss fantasy baseball and the tools that we're developing that help us manage our teams. Cue that intro music. So it's MLB week, and I feel the definitely the most unprepared that I've ever felt going into a fantasy season. The the least sure that I even know that the season is starting. <laughs> yeah, I does it does that mean that there's generally like a larger news apparatus, or is it just that we got out of the habit and we're just not looking in the right places right now? I mean, we've had our whole lives to know that baseball starts at the end of March. Right. Maybe maybe there's been a year or two where it started actually in April. I mean, who really cares? Well, I guess the big question is, who are, the, uh, who are your twins starting this season against? White Sox, I think. I like the, the Red Sox have the Orioles this week. Red Sox have the Orioles. That is a good warm-up. <laughs> Yes, yeah, spring training. Uh, continue, continue to quadruple A. That's that's good. Do you have an MLB TV subscription? So I haven't gotten it yet. You did. So you didn't have one that auto renewed. No, I didn't. I had one that auto renewed, and um, they just complete silence on it from MLB. Are TV. they prorating it? They once the season schedule was announced, they finally were like. Oh, yeah, you know, we noticed that he'd auto-renewed and just didn't want to say anything. Uh, we're thinking maybe we should prorate this. Um, but, like, you don't have to take the money Did you now. have to opt in? <laughs> yeah, you had to do some stuff. I don't think I've even seen... I, I, don't, even, I don't think I've seen the, any money from it back yet. But it's like a whole process. But yeah, no, I did. I, I did not have one that auto renewed. I I mean, I want to, I want to get one. Because, otherwise, I get you know I get no baseball. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> otherwise, so I need I need something, and it's great. You know, there is an advantage to being in the UK, which is that literally nothing is blacked out ever. <laughs> the bigger thing is is this gets into our TV like scheduling thing. Why? Why are we starting games at seven thirty, eight o'clock at night, when the East East Coast people are are not going to be able to deal with that? Especially if you if you have this like division thing, so it's like NL <laughs> NL AL East are just playing each other. Who cares in most other places about these games? And they're going to just rewatch them anyways. You know what's awesome? When you start going, when you go to a game and you're like, I've actually, one hour of this game has started. I can watch the hour of game and then the other. (laughs) (laughs) Fast forward through ads, all this stuff. It's so much better. Yeah, it's It's ridiculous. It's true. They should should have them all. Everything should be an afternoon game. 
Plus, 7.30, what are you, you're scheduling this around my commute? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like, it's not, it's not, it's not helping anyone right now. You know, the guy who's, the guy who's 25 and really wants to watch baseball after work, you know, he finishes his shift at five o'clock and what does he do? He just like, you know, his commute is opening up another browser. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, okay. I think we just solved a big problem for the MLB. They should have fixed this. I'm, I mean, maybe there's something fundamental that I'm missing about what players want, but wouldn't they be happier with a more day schedule? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. What is? What were they thinking? They weren't thinking at all. I think they were thinking that they could get fans in at some point. And they're not going to get fans in. So why bother? Why are you doing this? No. Yeah, do we need to have every week a, a pulse check? Will there be fans this season? <laughs> there aren't going to be. Yeah, there will not be fans. Uh, well, yes, I am looking forward to, to spending as much time as I can trying to watch baseball clips. Until I'm just like weirded out by there being no audience and stuff. <laughs> I I'm excited. I'm interested to know how long that's gonna take before I'm just like, why is there no background sound? Like, do I need to put a soundtrack under this? <laughs> like, man, I use it. I yeah. You just put on Lord of the Rings. Make it really. I'm, epic. That's kind of what I was thinking. Yeah, could be appropriate. That would be really good, Michael. The. There's something that was supposed to do in Q1 of this year. Um, and then this like this global pandemic kind of hit, and I just haven't really dealt with it. But now that we're dusting off this podcast and I'm back in my home desktop, really realizing I really just I need to completely remove Python 2 from my computer root and stem, and there are no excuses anymore. So I, I would just like to point out that like you didn't technically you didn't technically say anything that was wrong, but <laughs> Q one sort of glosses over the fact that we've we've known that this was coming for a couple years and January first was like, You're done. You're out. No more Python two ever. And uh we, we did we did procrastinate a little bit. And I'm not well I'm not immune okay. to this. Either. I mean, but but you say this in a way that you're not there are a lot of computer software programs that are used well after they're supposed to be sunset because other computer software programs are built on top of them yeah. and are slow moving. So I will say on the GIS world, very slow moving, very slow moving in a lot of the GIS programs and a lot of them are built on Python 2 and are going to be continuing to use Python 2 well past its expiration date because they don't rely they actually don't rely on the newest and fastest moving dynamic uh changes that have happened in in python they actually rely on stable builds that everybody knows and can can deal with and so like over the last 10 years it's been like oh we've gone from 2.6 point blah to 2.6.10 what <laughs> you know and and they 
you know, I would say there are going to be a lot of people in the GIS world who are still going to be using two. But on our stuff, <laughs> I, I, I have no excuses. <laughs> We it's true we have we have no strong excuses. Uh, yeah, I think I think we just have to take the plunge. It's just we're gonna have to. It just means you have to build in an extra twenty minutes to get something back up off the ground because you have to build in the time to search for the print statements, <laughs> and, and that's yeah, about it's, it. <laughs> it's two minutes for the print statements, and then it's like then it's eighteen minutes for the one thing that doesn't work the same. Yeah. It's that's sending a for the one. The one zip or, or like list comprehension or something, and you're like, this is a, this isn't how this used to work. Yeah, I need to get it back off the ground. Well, I'm I'm glad to hear that that we're entering entering the modern era. So we'll we'll make this year's um this year's repository only Python three. Well, on that front, I guess we should we should talk about our um our adventures rebuilding tools this week. Yeah, sure. Very much not building tools. Uh rebuilding tools we talked about a couple of things and i think i just want to reiterate so i think to me the fundamental thing that we need to have in this fantasy season is just information at our fingertips as soon as possible yes which and so to that end i dusted off something that i really thought i played with last year but it turns out everything in it was dated from 2017 so i guess it's been a little while already no, the zeitgeist scraper did did you call it something different i must have and play with it somewhere else i must have but i i had a very i had a very open ended search of my computer and i i only turned i only turned up stuff that i was editing late 2017 to be fair prep for the 2018 season i think it's possible that i didn't touch it last year <laughs> didn't make meaningful changes no you definitely did the question is oh god i hate it when that happens okay right so regardless of where it was where it was hidden yep. i i unearthed uh the guts of this but it turned out that that actually what i'd done in 2017 was fine because the guts are what i need things have fundamentally changed as far as i can tell under the hood so it seems that Google has gotten slightly more clever in the way that they prevent people from scraping news results. <laughs> so just to, to take a step back, the goal of what this scraper does is it looks, is it queries Google for your result and then, and then it does some sort of auto organization to try and, to try and return results that are actually interesting or try and sift through some of the noise in the news and give us what we want. And this, the long-term plan for this was trying to make it so that it would basically auto-generate an email for your players and send it to you. Right. And so, and this is something that, a script that would run in the background um, through some sort of scheduled job, essentially, was the, is the, the overarching thing. So I'm trying to set it up again, and I have, I have some very basic programming questions that I want to kick around with you, but I'm just going to complain for a second, which is that uh, Google appears to have the, when the script, when you query Google News and it generates the HTML result that is displayed to your page, they have some randomization algorithm that changes the, the classes in the HTML file. So you can't 
efficiently search for like a, a tag that says like, you know, you've looked at HTML before. And so it'll be like div class equals result yeah. or something. But now it's div class equals random string <laughs> in your results. So they must have something that's running on the backside to prevent exactly what I'm trying to do, which is mm -hmm. query Google a million times and just return the cream essentially. So they've done this. The scraper didn't work is essentially what happened. Essentially how this manifested oh. is that I immediately, I fired, I was like, great, go. And nothing came back. And I was like, well, that's not possible. Like I can, I can click the Google news result and see, or click, you know, click the Google query and see what the page is coming back with. And then I dug a little deeper and like, oh, good, they've randomized everything. Wow. Okay, well, that's not good news. No, it's not good news. Um, it means it means that when I have to fundamentally rethink <laughs> the strategy of pulling down the Google news. Now, it's not, in some sense, it's not that hard because essentially all of the searches that I've been running are for a specific player right so it's just like all i have to do is search the text result for that player's name and just right. pull the blurb that has their name that's fine i can do that but if we wanted to do anything that was more complex like search the the il or something like try and find everybody who has an injury concern in the mlb by googling like mlb injury we're gonna have to be much more clever in how those results come back Right, or even if we are, like, player plus COVID. Part of the trouble is that I don't know exactly what I want. I mean, this is why this is why the Zeitgeist Scraper broke down before, because it was, it was, like, it was never exactly clear what you wanted. Like, well, I just want all the information I could get. And you're like, well, what, okay, what does that mean? Like, what am I going to... No, and you have to, you're, we're playing around with a couple hundred searches before we're even, like starting to get a picture of what we want. It's like, oh, maybe. Well, so like a focused question, like I want all of the times that this player's name and COVID appear in the same search or the same article. Like that's, mm -hmm. that's, a, very, that's a very constrained question that we can answer. Like a, a, a COVID MLB scraper is straightforward to make. Right. We, we don't want to know, okay, this person was announced for COVID-19 because in, in theory... All of the sites that we do fantasy on would have that information. And FPC, I feel like it's really hard to see any sort of news and information. But it is there in some sort of way. Um, now, what we want to know more is, like, we want to know that player X was hanging out with player Y and then find out that player Y has COVID-19 so that we can go back in and we can do our own contact tracing so that we can, you know, hear that someone went to Florida to a, had a picture of on the beach in Florida, so we can be like, stay away from this guy, right? Because we, yeah, you're right. We don't want. We're not using a scraper for process news. We're trying to create our own news by going back a half step, back two steps. That's right. And so, I mean, the part of the reason that I made it in the first place was because local news obviously has better has goes deeper on individual players than the fantasy than the anything in the fantasy ecosystem mm -hmm. and so 
one of the things that I really liked about making the news scraper was that you get the local news results. Like, right. I mean, you know more about the Red Sox and I know more about the Twins because we follow those teams. So the goal behind the scraper was like, okay, how do I make it seem like I'm following the local news for each of these yeah, teams? I know as much as the, um, yeah, as, as local fans. Or like, I have, I know how to, I know how to tap into that information. <laughs> Right. I mean, that, that was the original goal. And so I think that that is part of the, the half step before. I mean, that is part of like the beat reporters have it. And then eventually that filters up to CBS at some level or ESPN yeah. or whoever. And, and so the question is, how, how do we know it up at, to Yahoo? <laughs> how do we know it at the beat reporter level or earlier? Or like some guy on his blog turned up the picture of... Max Muncy and Jock Peterson hanging out or something. Yeah, right. Um, or, yeah, whoever was, yeah, found uh, hugging Puig. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, okay, so so let's okay. bring this back. So is, is the key question to have, I mean, do we think that the fundamental thing to build this on right now is contact tracing, essentially? I mean, I think that's that. I've, God, that's going to be like insanely difficult. No, I don't think that's a key thing. But I mean, I think that's something that might be eventually what, what we could use this for. So I, I guess the question is, what's useful? What is the number one use that we should have right yeah. now? I don't right. know. Yeah. What should we What should we build this to right now? And I, I mean, I thought that COVID would be straightforward. I, I mean, the part of the vision designing this before was to know when people were talking about moving players around in the order, because mm -hmm. like we we're big and we're big in tracking number of PAs that people get. That's going to be really important this year. You want to know more about the manager's insight into, okay, we got to move. Byron Buxton is only ever going to bat ninth. Like I need to know that. So we could try and I could try and build it for a use case like that. That's talking about players in players where they're batting in the order. Yeah, no, I think that is probably the good step number one is okay. we want to have that news if the manager or if the the scout thinks that someone's going to be moved down the order. All right, that about brings us to the review session. Kirby Yates? Kirby Yates. Kirby Yates, is that who we let's, said? Let's talk let's talk about Kirby Yates. I feel like I said Brad Hand but meant Kirby Yates. I feel like you said Kirby Yates but meant Brad Hand. I'm also true. I guess number one. Uh things that Kirby Yates is not Brad Hand. You know, <laughs> In in the pantheon of people that look alike, they don't look not alike. You know, but from if a you distance. look at well, you're talking about their image. I'm talking about them in data science space oh. and in data science space. They look a little bit more similar. <laughs> I would argue that if you're sitting in the center field bleachers the the relative squareness of both of them that is true could be that confusing um 
That is true. But if you see them pitch, there is. I do think that they 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 do have very different de- deliveries. I um. Yeah. Who I okay. Yes, I think Yates is. If I'm if I'm recalling correctly, Yates's delivery is like not. It doesn't look like his arm is fully extended. Yes. <laughs> kind of. Yes. Yes. Like, was, how is he getting the ball there? No. <laughs> like, what's going on? Yeah, it's um. He's like he's he almost kind of looks like he's shot putting it from his shoulder, like just. It's pretty amazing. Um, he, in many ways, it reminds me of like just a little league player that the coach is like, "No, I, it works for him. We'll deal with this for next season." <laughs> yeah, I think that's about right. I mean, I guess I guess it, it manifests in the data science space, right? Kirby Yates is not a fireballer. No, no, he's not. Um, I think his. I think I was looking at this earlier, and his his average his fastball velocities are like ninety three, ninety four. Yeah, and it's not that fast for in the closer pantheon. No, yeah, as we've pointed out before, it's um, he's. I'm watching his highlights, and it's amazing. It's ninety three, ninety three, ninety four, and then it's just like on his strikeouts. I'm looking at this. On yeah, his, his strikeouts and pitches are... 86. What's his stri- what is his strikeout pitch? It's got to be because the slider. Not... Is it a slider? Ooh, look at that move. 86 slider. Yep. I mean, and he's not... He's really not getting a lot of swinging strikes. <laughs> no, a lot of them looking... Uh, exit velocity is very high. I worry about his exit velocities. He's... People are getting a hold of these balls. <laughs> so so why is Kirby Yates so successful? I mean, I think we've kind of buried the lead, which is that in principle, Kirby Yates is one of the best closers in baseball. <laughs> yes. Yeah, no, he is. Um, I, mean, I mean, the reason why the think... Brad Hand and Kirby Yates was they're both in San Diego on the same team as part of one of the best bullpens on a team that didn't wasn't very good. Um, right, and then Brad Hand got traded. Kirby Yates is still there. I think that's probably the biggest thing for him is that his role is pretty consistent. He's not going to be. He hasn't been overused to date. Um, but as he seems like the of, kind of guy we talked about last week. Yeah, there's going to be. I think there's going to be a lot of um, relief relief innings he might get overused this year he seems like the kind of guy where you could use him a lot where the Padres could use him a lot this year yeah and if they're in close games I think he's going to be used as as a long man split finger is his uh is his second pitch wow they're really going to him just using if we if you saw a lot of sliders, that must have been in either his 17 or 16 season because he has gone to um, a split finger fastball. His slide the what the pitches yeah I guess I'm looking at this again now the pitches from last year that were tagged sliders are few and far between. Split finger is the yeah he's he stopped using that. Well, what's 80, sort of interesting? In 86. Whew, okay. In the first month of the pandemic, I read the. Um, MLB machine, uh, the MVP machine, and you know, apart from it having a whole lot of glowing um, reviews of 
Houston Astros, which <laughs> did not those, age well, but okay. They did not age well. <laughs> a, a book that's like, like a little over a year old did not age very well. Um, he does talk about the fact that a lot of teams are moving pitchers. I mean, it used to be like, can you have four good pitches? And then it sort of got to the point where it's like, can you have three good pitches? And then it got to, can you have two good pitches and one other pitch that you can pitch it, it that go in there? And then nowadays it's like, do you have one really good pitch? <laughs> right. You just take your one really good pitch and then, yeah. and then maybe we'll do two pitches, but let's get one I mean, really good pitch. You really see, you really see that in the, in the, the closer study, like, the closers have really gotten down to like you can be an effective closer with one pitch. Now. Yeah, with just well, I mean, but Mariana Rivera showed us that a while ago. Yeah, sure. One, I mean, that, that was one elite pitch, but yes. I guess we're gonna have to add spin rates into our into our understanding because that's that's what Kirby Yates has. His four spin rates are has. Is spin rate is something that we don't understand. Every nobody understands except that there's a strong correlation between spin rate going up, strikeouts go up. So, I mean, we know that. That's a, that's about it. But his spin rate on his four seamer is not that bad. On his split yeah. finger, it is bad. <laughs> well, I don't. I don't think it's bad. I think that's. I think that is the hallmark of the pitch. That is still decent. For him, well, that's this is the thing is that one of the things that I don't like about, um, I guess as data scientists we should love this that we don't uh, that I don't love as an old school MLB person is that the numbers make no sense. There's no way to like contextualize these numbers. I mean, spin rate numbers. Yeah, <laughs> like there's it's not it's not like a zero to a hundred scale like like the velocity. When you're like zero to hundred, I understand the scale perfectly. You know, it's oh, like right. no, one thousand to three thousand. So like, <laughs> what? What does that mean? Well, you haven't even looked at Garrett Cole's. What is his? Really low or really high? No, it is insanely high. Anything more that we want to say about Kirby Yates? High spin rate on his number one pitch. Um, he's got a weird delivery. He's on a bad team. I think Kirby Yates' stock is higher this year than it would be in a regular season. So I think they're going to use him a lot. I think he's going to be able to handle the workload. Yeah, I think that's it. Do you have shares of him? No. Do I have shares of him? Not sure. Yes, I do. In uh, TGFBI. Okay. Uh, He's already used to playing in front of uh, an empty stadium. That's... Oh, so true. Oh, Padres jokes. <laughs> Padres jokes. Brown is back. Brown is back. Oh yeah, he's gonna look good in that brown. He he is he's the kind of guy that yeah he's set up for set up to to be in brown. Do we? So does that mean that we're we did AL Central? I think that we had had we completed the AL Central. Maybe that was the. the I think we the, did. I think we did actually. Except for whatever player it was that we never... Everything's going to change. So No, it was Brad Hand. We did Brad Hand. Okay. So let, let's, do, let's do NL West. NL West. I feel like I pushed Kirby Yates on you last week, so who... Um, Who's next? Who's next in the NL West? I mean, we... Dodgers closer. 
He's I I'm told that he was good. Do you think he is good anymore? Should we do some Kenley Jansen? See if he's I okay. Told he was good. I don't know if he is anymore. All right, let's see if Kenley Jansen's good. Time for a little housekeeping. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter. Fantasy Tools, mind the Z. Thank you, Mild Manor, for letting us use your tunes. Be sure to follow them on SoundCloud and Facebook. Feel free to email us with questions or comments. Send us messages at fantasy.tools at gmail.com. Again, mind the Z. All I've got left is worst luck to you, buddy. Worst luck to you, too. Yeah.